Welcome to this week's episode of Really Cool People on the Good Vibe Hive. We are super excited to introduce to you Anson Winder. Anson is a former collegiate basketball player for BYU and is now coaching high school athletes. Stay tuned to hear about his experiences playing college basketball, competing in March Madness, and how he inspires the next generation. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy. All right, hey, what's up, Anson? Hey, what's up, guys? How are you doing? Oh, we're doing really well, really yeah, well. Yeah, we're doing great over here. <laughs> Just stoked to have you with us. Kind of, through Zoom. Through Zoom. Like I said, we'll have to work out a day where I could actually come into the studio and check out the goodbye pie. <laughs> right, right. The studio, <laughs> the makeshift one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, per governor's mandate, we just got to be obedient, right? It's been, it's been painful trying to adjust with the current climate, and, you know, I, I feel... You know, being a kid right now is tough, so I, I feel for all of those kids who are kind of being robbed of, of, of the fun parts of childhood and, and high school and college and things of that nature. So it is what it is. We'll weather the storm. Well, I think that you're in a position where you see it even more than maybe we do with yeah, coaching sure. and everything like that. It's, it is sad, especially when you're on the coaching side where that is the fun side that they're missing out on, the sports and all that stuff. One thousand percent. Like, that's the, 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 the good part about coaching. What I've always enjoyed is just being able to interact with with the youth and pass pass on whatever you know knowledge and insight I've gathered throughout my years. Just passing that you know little bit of wisdom down to the boys has always been a fun thing for me. And then to be able to teach basketball on top of that has always been a true pleasure. And so you know having a delayed you know kind of season has been it's been brutal, um, but it, it is what it is. As long as we can get some games in and have some sort of season, I'll take it. Um, but yeah, as soon as we can get rid of COVID, the better. <laughs> I think we're all in agreement on that one. <laughs> kind of just to get started, you're a former basketball player. I'm sure you still play basketball, but um, when did you first realize that basketball was where you wanted to focus your time and attention, like that you were good at it? Yeah, so I've, I've played my whole life. It's, it's basketball and sports in general just kind of run in our family. So. Um, all my siblings, cousins, relatives, they've all played some sport um, at, at some level. And so I knew probably by the time I got to high school is when, because um, I grew up in Las Vegas, so you know, around the middle school age is when kids really start to um, define what sport they want to play, uh, you know, hopefully at the high school level and at the college level, and they kind of focus more in on their particular sport. And so I, I decided, you know, basketball was kind of, the, the thing I enjoyed, uh, I had the, the size for it. Um, you know, I was I was taller for my for my age at the time, and so it just kind of worked out. Uh, you know, where you know, I, between a little growth spurt I had and just the skill development, I was able to get you know some a little bit better to where I could play at the high school level. But definitely, um, I made that decision to kind of commit to basketball uh, probably around fifth or sixth grade. So yeah, that was kind of the time where the decision was made. Yeah, that's awesome. That's kind of where you have to start to get to a collegiate level for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Even now, like, I feel like kids are picking their sports at even younger ages, which, you know, good or bad, you know, that's just kind of the layout of the land right now. Uh, you know, you, you, growing up, and I'm sure you guys did it too, you play so many sports at a really young age. I think that helps kind of with coordination and just overall, like, skill set, you know, adjusting to different types of teams and people that you're around but um, now in the current climate you see a lot of kids 
you know, they're playing one sport in like second or third grade. No, I think it's kind of funny because my dad will always talk about, yeah, I mean, every, every dad has their glory days, right? You hear about, <laughs> I mean, my dad has story after story. I've heard um, Addison's dad say the same kind of stuff. They, yeah. they have really good memories. I don't know if they're making it up or what, but um, <laughs> the, the thing is that my dad played baseball. He played football. He played basketball. He played everything. And, you know, that it, that's still possible, but you kind of have to be a freak athlete if you want to be able to, especially if you're trying to get to the collegiate level. And there are people that do that, but it's mad respect to those guys. Oh, yeah, like, those freak athletes now are, like, few and far between. Even when I got to high school, kids weren't playing. I mean, very few, like, the pure athletes were the ones who could play, like, baseball and basketball or baseball and football. But that wasn't, that wasn't, it wasn't anybody that could do that. Um, and so, prop, I agree, props to those people who get to, you know, the college level and can play multiple sports. Yep, those are the Michael Jordans and the Tim Tebow's of this world. So when did you decide that you wanted to play basketball for BYU? I didn't know I was going to go to BYU uh, early on. I was getting recruited by BYU as a junior, I want to say. Um, but that was just because there were some family ties that, that kind of, um, you know, in a roundabout way kind of created that relationship. One of the assistant coaches at BYU was uh, a relative. He was the brother of my actual high school coach. So there was a lot of interaction and relationship building very early on, even before like BYU had offered a scholarship or even shown real interest in recruiting me. I, I knew who the coaches were. Um, we had established you know, a, a pretty friendly relationship. So I knew everyone here and then it wasn't until um, going into my, or I think it was towards the end of my junior year, where the recruitment started to pick up, and then it got to a point where, you know, it was an oper- it was a true opportunity where I could, you know, go and play basketball for BYU, and and, and that's how it kind of shaped out. I, I I committed to BYU at the end of my junior year. Um, I played my whole senior year, um, having signed with BYU, and I went on my visits uh, to Utah, which I was familiar with at the time, but I came out here to visit BYU and. I love my experience. I thought it was a great opportunity for me where I could um, not only just play and develop my basketball skill set, but um, just to mature into a, you know an actual young man. I was very mature. I was very, very much so um, a kid at heart who needed to grow up. And so I think that the opportunity to grow out, to go out of state and and really develop my craft and, and grow up as a person was um, was what I was most excited about. That's super cool. I think BYU, especially right now, they could have had a really good season. They're, they're a good program, so it's it's really cool that you got the opportunity to play there. Um, what were some of your favorite parts about playing for BYU? Uh, I love the venue, right? Like the Marriott Center is the second to none. Uh, you know, when, when I was there, I think it's at 23,000 max capacity. I mean, we filled it a few times while I was there. And the, there's no experience like it. Um, we've even I've played at the uh, the Jazz Arena, and it's not as big as the Marriott Center. So when you get the Marriott Center packed, um, it's 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 a sight to see, and it's probably one of the louder places you'll you'll ever experience in your life. So I, I, that was one of the things I truly enjoyed uh, with my time at BYU. Um, honestly, the relationships I I've built you know some great relationships through my time at BYU. Um, most of the people I've met, my, whether it be teammates or mentors or teachers, or a lot of them are still, you know, some of my best friends and people I interact with frequently now. 
Um, so those are, you know, and then aside from that, right, it's just basketball in general. I got to play for um, a, a top mid-major within the country. We went to the NCAA tournament three times when I was there. Um, you know, played and, and won big games and played in big tournaments. I got to play against um, a decent amount of professional athletes. And so um, all those experiences really just made it um, so fun and, and, and get memories I, you know, I'll cherish and take with me forever, uh, even though it was, it was a relatively short amount of time. Yeah, totally. So you kind of talked about um, playing on the bigger levels and the bigger stage. What was it like? What was the energy like playing in March Madness, one of the biggest stages in basketball? Um, March Madness is like a dangling carrot, and I say that because uh, every you're going into the season, right? So come October, November, everyone's got their eyes set on um, going to the tournament. And some programs, right? They, they're going even further. That. They're they're expecting to to win games and, and get to a, a national championship. Um, so it's this dangling carrot to start that everyone's trying to attain and get to. Um, and then ultimately, um, once you do make it, it's, it's, it's an unreal, surreal feeling because um, it's a heightened level of competition. Um, the stage is much greater. Every game uh, can make or break um, your season. And ultimately, uh, that's, you know, you truly find out how good you are as a, as a player and as a team and as a coaching staff. Um, so everything's heightened once you get to, to March Madness, and, and the stage is, is, is huge. Um, so yeah, the opportunities I had to, to play, even just to get there, um, were truly awesome. And you know, to win a couple of games uh, was an even better experience. So uh, definitely one I would, uh, you know, def I, I tell everyone that if you can get to a tournament, you're doing something that very few um, people can do, especially in the grand scheme of things. Um, there's thousands of athletes who will play college basketball, and, may not get to experience that and it's one that's truly delightful that is so cool i, c I can only imagine <laughs> you're daydreaming <laughs> over here i am i, I kind of zoned out there just like imagining myself <laughs> pull up from half court no, <laughs> game winner no that's super cool man so what year would it have been that you would have been in march match because you went you said a couple times right yes i went three times so i was at from 2011 to 2015 um and in that time span I went three times uh, as, a as a freshman, um, we skipped as a sophomore, and then uh, my junior and senior year we went. So um, towards the end of my career, it was cool to, to kind of go out having known that I you know, went to the tournament. Right. So you would have been right after the Jimmer era, right? Freshman year uh, was the year I redshirted, but I was there for all of the Jimmer mania. So I got to, I, got a, I, I kind of got a front row seat to to the to the madness of that year and it was it was unbelievable so when you say win a few games you mean win a lot of games <laughs> no you guys went pretty far to the sweet 16 we have to play in this the the superdome i want to say in louisiana an awesome experience too so yeah it was yeah getting to win a couple games like even like i said just getting there is, is a true like feat but to win a game is one of the hardest things to do and uh <laughs> the most exciting of the on a just quick side note, now you got me thinking, what kind of players, are, we may not have a lot of basketball fans that watch this podcast, I don't know, so maybe <laughs> I'm just nerding out over here. Um, as long as you enjoy who it. Who are some of your favorite players that you played against? You said you played a couple professional athletes. Um, oh yeah, so the tops are definitely um, Jay Crowder, oh. Damian Lillard, DeMontis Sabonis, um, a lot of guys who have gone overseas and had 
uh, really great, great careers. Um, the year we went to the NCAA tournament, Kawhi Leonard, we played him a few times because they were in our conference. Uh, Paul George. So yeah, it was it was pretty cool, man. Like playing against these people who you know are, are, are great college players, like excellent college players, but but then to realize like oh they're gonna go on to be even better like NBA players and stuff in the NBA. Uh, so believe. Oh yeah, have you, you played a guy that averaged sixty points for a span of like ten games or whatever this oh season. Damian Lillard, that's so cool. <laughs> I can't believe that he went to Utah school. Weber State of all schools, too. That's a crazy story, too. Like, he, it's, yeah, he's had an interesting story. Like, um, I, think, I think Damian's from Oakland, California. You know, he found his way out to Weber and, um, you know, had a you know great career at Weber State. Um, I played him when he was a senior, and I was a freshman, and that was um, one of those assignments that I was not looking forward to. Luckily, we won the game, but I can't say that I won that one-on-one -on -one match. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure that that's a super cool feeling to be assigned to match up. I understand you were you were kind of the lockdown guy, weren't you? Yeah, definitely more on the the, the defensive role, um, and, and it was one of those things. And I tell the boys this all the time, uh, you know, coaching at Wasatches. Not everyone's gonna be a scorer, right? Like, not everyone's gonna be, you know, a, a, a Jimmer for debt scoring, you know, 30 points a game. You're gonna have to have guys on the team who commit to, you know, other roles, whether that be playing defense, um, you know, getting rebounds, creating for others, um, you know, just being a shooter. Like, everyone, you know, the sooner you can figure out your role and how you can help impact a game in your team, I think the better off the the unit will be and so you know I quickly realized that um, you know I would be able to play more minutes you know doing things that other guys you know weren't doing which you know could have been you know playing defense or or you know a multitude of things and so that was kind of my area where I knew I could get myself more playing time and I tried to focus on that as best I could. I think that's a super good life principle so I'm currently an accountant i'm going to tell you that that same principle is the exact i mean it's it's just a, a it's principle. just a life truth yeah there's so many life lessons like that i've taken away from from basketball uh, all the way from the school level all the way up to through college like and, and one of those is, is what you just mentioned is 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 kind of figuring out your role knowing that you're not going to be the the star player on whatever team you're on um but figuring out ways to still contribute and, and impact um, your team in a successful way. So I, I totally agree that that's the life lesson. It's bigger than just the sport. No, oh, yeah, you gotta have somebody that crunches the numbers. You gotta have somebody that knows what they're doing. Then you gotta have somebody that just over sits over there and puts pushes enter space enter space a hundred times in a row. That's me right now. <laughs> okay, so since your retirement from college basketball, you've done some coaching. Like we talked about, your coaching at Wasatch currently. What role do you feel like is is your role as a um, as a basketball coach for those athletes, for those high school athletes? Um, it's been cool because I've, I've, I've had the pleasure of, of working with head coaches who give me, um, you know, pretty good autonomy and the ability to kind of coach the way I, I want to coach. And so I, I never try to be one that steps on anyone's toes. I just try to give um, tips and tricks to the boys that I – you know, feel like were valuable to me as a player. Um, so ultimately, uh, my role is, is on the player development side um, with Wasatch as well as um, the assistant coach. So I, you know, I try to give my defensive tips and tricks and offensive um, tips and tricks to the boys, 
whenever I can. Uh, so I really just try to communicate and, and, and walk through situations and scenarios for the boys that um, will allow them to to hopefully have success and, and see that translate on the basketball field. But um, ultimately, I've, I've tried to do um, the best I can to relate basketball to life for the boys. Um, and, and one of those ways being is just knowing that the ball isn't always going to bounce you know, your way. It's not always going to be um, a good night for, for a basketball player, for an athlete. It's not always going to be a good night or a day in life. You know, and It's just about how you respond to it. Um, and how you bounce back from, and, and that's huge. And so, you know, it's the little life, you know, tips and tricks I try to instill in the boys that hopefully will translate not just on the court, but in life. I think that I've had coaches when I look back that have influenced me not only in sports, but for the better as well. So we need good coaches like yourself. So as a coach, how do you instill confidence in players? I think that when I look at my basketball career or um, just some people around me, there were some really good athletes that I was surrounded with that ended up either dropping out or heading another direction because it was hard. So I guess my question, like I said, is just how do you instill confidence in athletes? Because I think that's such a big part of it. Oh, I like that question. So, I mean, really, basketball and life, they're both mental games, right? It's, it, you, for one, you have to have the passion um, and the drive to, to want to do whatever sport or job or activity that you're involved in. Um, and then you have to overcome the mental piece of that. And that's, again, like um, overcoming obstacles or where things don't always go your way. Um, mentally having the strength to perfect and, and master your craft. Um, and so a lot of the boys, which I've always appreciated coaching at Wasatch, is they just love the game of basketball. And so they're constantly in the gym wanting to train and get reps in doing things. And I think that instills confidence, right? Because the more you can get those repetitions in, the more comfortable you are um, when it's time to perform on the big stage or in a, in a big game. You know, you, you've, you've made these reps um, happen so many times that it becomes second nature in the game. So I think a lot of, of, of confidence comes from the repetition of, of doing uh, and being good at your craft. And then understanding the mental piece of that in your preparation um, and, and, and being able to withstand um, things that are thrown your way. So confidence is huge. I think, in, in, especially in sports, uh, it's amazing how well people do just based off of confidence alone, right? Um, and, and I feel like the, the really good players in any sport um, that you see have, whether they show it or not, have a certain level of confidence in themselves, in themselves and their abilities, um, which also makes them great at what they do. So growing up, I played sports as well. I didn't ever play basketball, but um, I, I, I could, I knew that I had the skills to um, be a confident player, but I didn't always have the excitement or the passion going into a game. Is that something that you would say is more individual, or would you say that that's something that you can learn and grow and develop? Um, like, what would be your advice for somebody that struggles finding that passion and that drive to to get into the sport and to put in the real effort in time? Ooh, that's interesting. So I, I, first and foremost, you have to, I think, innately love what you're doing. Um, if you're not, if it, you don't have a built-in passion um, for the activity that you're working on, I think it's going to be hard to find. Like, I, I, I look at myself um, in life, and if I'm doing something that I'm, I'm not super passionate about, 
I'm not giving it my all. I'm not, I'm not super excited to participate in that activity. Um, and you can kind of see the difference based off of the things I, I truly enjoy and are truly passionate about versus stuff that I just think is kind of okay or, or stuff I really don't want to do. Um, so ultimately, what I would tell like a young athlete is, for one, you have to decide how much you really like what you're doing. And if, and if you don't love it um, to the point of, of, of where you're you know, super passionate and, and, and focused on honing in on your craft, then maybe you know, that activity isn't the best for you. And again, that may not sound the best, but I think it's true. I think you have to be innately passionate about um, the activity that you're performing uh, to get the most out of it just my opinion yeah totally I think parents have a big role in that as well as they try to force their kids into areas that they're passionate about that their kids may not be as well so that's good advice I wasn't gonna say it, but <laughs> <laughs> it's out there now <laughs> I mean a lot of times uh, parents want it more than the kids do right and, and parents find themselves um, putting all this unnecessary pressure um, and influence on a kid who may or may not want to do that sport um, some kids just like basketball because they like basketball. They're not trying to play at the next level. They're fine at the level they're at. Um, but sometimes parents get in the way of that and, and it can almost make a person um, hate or, or, or not like the activity they're doing, which, which is the absolute worst, right? Especially when we talk about sports, because sports is supposed to be um, a good thing. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a stress reliever. It should never be something um, that turns into a, a job or something you're not a fan of. Uh, just over time because someone's making you do it. So I think parents do have a huge influence over um, overall perspective and in a sport or whatever hobby a person's doing. I think I've seen that in many facets of my life, not only sports, but um, in jobs that I've had. And um, I guess my question for you is that there are always going to be those people that end up in situations where they maybe aren't the passionate one. They're not going to be the one that drives. You're going to have leaders on your team. You're going to have people that maybe are a drag. And maybe you need those kids because they're, they're talented and they're there, so you might as well try and give them that experience. So my question is, what do you as a coach do to try and work with somebody who's maybe not all in on, on whatever it is that you're, you're working with them on? Yeah, uh, I like that. I mean, really, you got to find ways to, to motivate so I think at the end of the day, um, you know, whether a person is, is super passionate about a sport or a hobby, um, they still have to, you still have to find ways as a coach um, to motivate that person or that team. And so ultimately, right, I, I've coached plenty of kids who, who, you know, like basketball and like playing in the moment, but they, they, their, their drive and, and, and their will to, to want to be great is it, it, it stops at a certain point because they that's not their intent with, with the sport of basketball. And so, and I understand that and, and I get that. So the key is to find ways um, to motivate that person uh, to, to just support uh, not only their, their personal growth, but the team's growth as well. I think as soon as you can instill um, in a player that it's the team aspect more than anything, the, the more you'll get out of them. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, I mentioned that, you know, I've had the privilege of coaching with, you know, some great head coaches, um, one of those being, you know, Coach Ballstead and then now like Paul Pierce and where, you know, those guys are, they, they're great at motivating uh, people to, to, to compete and, and want to be great at their craft, um, no matter how um, invested or passionate they are about it, they understand 
Um, they can, they have, our coaches have ways of, of getting players to understand that, hey, I'm, I'm here for the team, not just for myself. So I owe it to my teammates and I owe it to the team um, to bring it, you know, almost every single day or whenever I can, because uh, it's overall just going to help the team be better and, and provide more success. So that would be my, I guess, approach to someone who's not as, as passionate as maybe others would be. Yeah, I love that. I think that's totally applicable in life as well, because you're going to run into that as an employer or as a parent or, you know, whatever it is that your next role in life is besides sports. So so we're to that point where we just want to ask that wrap up question with really just what good vibes you want to leave with us here today in the hive. <laughs> good vibes I want to leave with you guys. Oh, I love it. This is probably my favorite question. <laughs> And this year, more than ever, um, you know, there, there's so much going on um, in our social climate, whether it be uh, with politics or, you know, social justice, social equality, um, and then top, on top of that, a, a global pandemic. You know, it's put life in perspective for me um, to, one, focus on the things I truly love and care about. I The people I, you know, incorporate in my life you know, family or friends, you know, and enjoy that time and cherish those moments with those people. Um, do the activities that I want to do, right? Coaching basketball is a true passion. Life, so that's what I want to do. Like, I, I love the job I have um, within Mountain Healthcare. So, you know, I, I that's what I want to do. So I, I find um, I find myself looking back throughout this year and, and, and really the, <laughs> the key factor has been I've just focused on doing and being around people that, I truly enjoy and love and care about and doing the hobbies that I um, find the most fulfilling. And I would tell everyone, you know, to, to look back on life and, and, and live their lives um, in that way because I, I think that's the most important thing. And what we've realized and what we've seen through the course of, of these last, what, eight or nine months is things can quickly be taken away from us, right? Um, life can change um, in a day, can change in a month, right? We. You know, you think back to how we were living life in January and February and how drastically it changed in March and April up until now. Um, things can get taken away from you fairly quickly, so it's important to, to cherish the, 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 the things you have in life, um, you know, your spirituality, your, the, the family, the loved ones you have in your life. You have to cherish all of that and, and make every moment meaningful and enjoyable to you. So that's, I mean, those are the good vibes I would pass to whoever uh, I'm interacting with, for sure. I love it. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Anson. We look forward to uh, watching you progress as a coach and, and everything else. And hopefully we'll meet in person one day. <laughs> <laughs> I know for sure. Depending on how you guys feel this plan, we'll get it back going again, and I'll come down and make sure I make my way to Heber, and, and we'll do this live. All righty. Hey, good awesome. deal. Awesome. Well, thank you. We appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us for this week's edition of Really Cool People. If you're not following us on social media yet, you really need to. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Go follow us. Subscribe to our podcast to make sure you don't miss out on any adventures from our Good Vibe Hive. We'll see you next Saturday for another edition of Really Cool People.